0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 31st, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela appears to be in the final stages of accruing all power in the country to himself. Cato's Juan Carlos Hidalgo discusses the vote to rewrite the country's constitution and the appropriate next steps for the United States. How credible is this vote in Venezuela?
1: It's not credible at all. The Constitution says that if a government wants to call a constituent assembly, it will have to hold a vote first, a referendum. And that's what Chavez did in 1999 when he called for a constituent assembly. In this case, Maduro skipped that part uh, for obvious reasons. Polls indicate that between 80 to 85 percent of Venezuelans don't want a constituent assembly. Uh, We saw that two weeks ago, the opposition... Call for a plebiscite, an unofficial plebiscite, uh, and over 7.5 million Venezuelans came to vote and rejecting the call for a constituent assembly. So, Venezuelans have been very clear that they don't want this, and the international community has been very clear in the last few hours that they don't recognize the results of this constituent assembly. Countries from Argentina, Brazil, Peru, the United States, Switzerland, United Kingdom, the European Union have explicitly, explicitly said that uh, they don't recognize the results. So the pressure is growing on the Maduro regime, uh, given that the people in the streets and the international community don't recognize this constituent assembly. Uh,
0: it's interesting that uh, Nicolas Maduro, uh, part of the requirement for voting is that you use your fatherland
1: card. There was a lot of intimidation heading up to the vote. Uh, we don't know exactly the number of Venezuelans who came out to vote. The government says that over 8 million people, that's not credible. The opposition said that it was less than uh, 2 million people. But what is uh, certain, uh, and this has been documented by the media and, and other reports, is that uh, government employees, and let's remember that there are millions of government employees in Venezuela, were, uh, were intimidated into voting uh, eh, on Sunday. They were told that they would lose their jobs, they would lose benefits if they, uh, if they didn't show up to vote. So even, the, even the, the most conservative figures about participation have to take into account the uh, thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands of the people who show up to vote uh, didn't, didn't want to do so.
0: What are we likely to see? What are the next steps here? It seems as if Venezuela has been in uh, substantial decline for several years, and uh, but as we've seen with other countries that have sort of collapsed into dictatorship, those regimes can go on for a very long time.
1: This is the consolidation of a dictatorship. The dictatorship went from being a de facto dictatorship to a de jure dictatorship. Uh, the Constituent Assembly will have constitutional powers, In the first hours after the vote, Maduro was very clear that he's going to use the Constituent Assembly to lift the immunity that uh, uh, members of the National Assembly enjoy. And let's remember that the National Assembly is controlled by the opposition. The Constituent Assembly is very likely to dissolve the National Assembly. The Constituent Assembly is very likely to remove the Attorney General, who was a Chavista, but now turned against the government. The Constituent Assembly is very likely to call off the scheduled regional elections for December and the presidential vote for next year. And it's very likely to institute a Cuban style dictatorship in Venezuela. So this is it when it comes to the long process that we have witnessed in Venezuela uh, to turn that country from a thriving democracy, which was imperfect one though, but thriving democracy in the 1990s towards a Cuban style dictatorship. Now the question is, what's gonna happen? Venezuelans have been adamant that they're not going to allow to, this to happen. Uh, you have millions of Venezuelans uh, taking into the streets, uh, protesting. Uh, the, the number of, of casualties, the number of, of people being killed in the protest is, is rising. The international community is stepping up the pressure. We have seen the United States imposing targeted sanctions on individuals. Uh, freezing their assets, banning them from entering the United States, but not only the United States. We are see, witnessing also Mexico, Panama, and other countries following similar steps. So we're we're likely to see a, a major confrontation in the in the upcoming uh, days and weeks. Uh, the question is, what is going to take for the regime to crack? As long as the regime enjoys the support of the military. And let's remember that the rank and file of the military is deeply involved in corruption and narco-trafficking. As long as they enjoy the support of the military, it's very hard to uh, figure out a way out to to this crisis.
0: How should the United States respond with respect to people trying to escape the regime?
1: Well, it should welcome uh, Venezuelans here into the United States, and it has already done so. Uh, hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans have escaped the country. You, you have Venezuelans all over the world, and we saw that during the vote, uh, the plebiscite that took place two weeks ago, that were voting stations even in Uganda. So, uh, certainly, a lot of people have learned Venezuela. A lot of have come here to, to the United States, and uh, you can see them. Uh, protesting in, in cities like Miami, New York, and, and, and Washington, D.C. And I think that they're adding to a voice and, and adding to the human drama that many Americans can't witness uh, about what's taking place in Venezuela.
0: Who is in this assembly? It seems like presumably people who are uh, beholden to Maduro.
1: Indeed. Instead of having a, a popular vote, a one, one person, one vote, Uh, The the way that this uh, uh, constituent assembly was configured was heavily skewed uh, towards uh, guaranteeing a government majority, even though 80% or more uh, of the Venezuelan population uh, opposes uh, the government and the constituent assembly. It was done so by over-representing rural areas where the government is still... uh, uh, more popular or at least it can coerce people more because they, they depend on on government subsidies and handouts uh, it incorporated sectors, uh, disabled people, pensioners, students uh, and so on uh, in order to have a control of effective control of the, of the assembly and that's why the opposition uh, boycotted the vote uh, is not going to take part in it and that in, and that ensured that hundred uh, percent of the constituent assembly, will uh, be uh, government supporters
0: in terms of response from the u.s. it doesn't seem like there are many options you could cut off trade but that would probably hurt the people that were trying to help uh, what do you see as uh, both feasible and uh, helpful responses
1: certainly some people uh, claim that the nuclear option should be on the table and that's cutting off oil imports from venezuela however uh The history, the record of these kind of sanctions is not uh, encouraging. Uh, It's more likely to hurt the Venezuelan people than to to hurt the regime. Uh, I think that the U.S. should expand the scope of targeted sanctions to uh, individuals within the the regime. We have seen already that the vice president, the head of the electoral uh, commission, the head of the National Guard— uh, rank, rank, ranking files of the military have seen their assets frozen and and have uh, been uh, imposed bans into entering the United States. I think that those sanctions should expand not to dozens of individuals but to hundreds of individuals. The United States should coordinate similar sanctions with the European Union, with Latin American countries, with Australia, Japan, because that's where it hurts the most. I mean, these people are these people are involved in corruption like we never seen in recent history in, 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 in Latin America. We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars that have disappeared in recent, in recent years in Venezuela. We're talking about uh, drug trafficking. And most of this money, they have it in bank accounts in Europe, in Switzerland, in the United States, they have yachts in Miami, they have castles in, in France. So targeting them, going after this money, is the way that they're going to be hurt the most. And I think that that's where the United States should focus its attention targeting those responsible for the situation in Venezuela and not going after broad economic sanctions toward the, the, the entire economy, because that's going to probably uh, make the humanitarian crisis in that country worse.
0: Juan Carlos Hidalgo is a policy analyst on Latin America at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.